Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Not 10 years necessarily that all of us have been serving the Lord, but 10 years where God has been using this family and, and this place, and, and we're forever grateful for it. Um, we're, we're, we're humbled, and uh, what my wife said, you know, how he's, uh, how he's even just trusted us, you know, and, and, and that's a scary thing. You know, many, I'm going to speak to you today, and I'm down here because it's, it's really another heart conversation, but, you know, many churches start, and not because of anything, but it's hard to last so many years. It's difficult. I don't know about anymore, but South Florida at one point was known as the pastor's graveyard. South Florida was known as one of the hardest cities um, to, to start up a church. I haven't looked at that statistic for a long time. And uh, when we planted this church at that time, so that was 10 years ago, it was, I believe it was three years, uh, a church that was planted in South Florida only lasted about three years. That was pretty much the average. And, um, and yet there's some, there's some that have been around for like us, 10 and more, 15, 20, 25, some even 40 and 50s. And um, I praise God because this is why I'm most, uh, I'm grateful for, that in our 10 years, we have never lost our identity. I think that what's happening is that we're finding even deeper identity as we continue to grow old. And I hope you guys understand that. And that is an honor. That's an honor that we haven't lost the truth of worship and the truth of his word and the truth of fellowship. When a lot of things are happening elsewhere, at least we're sure in what's happening here. Are you with me? And that is so special. And I want to thank you whether you've been here for one month or all 10 years. One day, first day today, and, or all 10 years. And we just want to say happy birthday because regardless of how much time or whether you feel like you've given or given nothing to this place, you have in, in a sense, trust me. And uh, we just want to say happy birthday and just celebrate the, the faithfulness of the Lord with us. How many of you could say amen? amen? Praise God. And with that, I want to share what God has been stirring in my heart now for months. And today, if I were to title what's going to be today and going forward, and we'll see how far we go with this. Um, my original notes, and don't get scared when I say this because it's not going to happen necessarily all today. But my original notes just on this one phrase for right now, and I believe it's going to develop to more. My original is 10 uh, pages long. So, <laughs> oh man, I came to the wrong, but, but the truth is, um, maybe we'll get through two today, so it's okay. And um, I'm not in a hurry to, to take time next week and continue our conversation on what is harvest, harvest, everyone say harvest, harvest. yeah, of spiritual awakening. Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I want to speak on this spiritual awakening, what God is stirring in our hearts, stirring in my heart. And I believe that there is a specific harvest for a spiritual awakening. And we're just, if you're a guest here today, don't be so shocked by today's message. Because today's message maybe might just be the foundation and the introduction to what will be next week's message. So it's a great opportunity for if you are a guest today to come back to hear what the rest of the introduction sounds like and so on and so forth of the message. But last week, we spent some time in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. How many of you remember? Give me one phrase, one word that God spoke to you last week's message. Go ahead. Anyone. Raise your hand. First person, raise your hand. Not all at once. That was scary. Let's try one more time. One phrase that God spoke to you. Aware, awake, and responding. I thought I saw you. Yep. We're always meant to be at his feet. Anyone else? Two people listened to last week's message. Amen. With that said, we have last week's message on our podcast. Feel free to go back and download our app, New Life Miami. It's the, the end logo and download it and hear last week's message. But we're going to continue in this. And we spoke, how come no one said from glory to glory? Sad. That was the message, by the way, titled. Last week's message was titled from glory to glory. You could have started with that one. But we, we went into the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Come on. As in a mirror. Unveiled, unveiled faces. We, we no longer have a covering, a, a centerpiece which is blocking us from his glory. We're not 
coming before him with veiled faces, but unveiled, and we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. His glory should be shining through us, in us and through us. Amen? And we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Everyone say, from glory to glory. glory. Yeah. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. From glory to glory. We're being transformed in the same image from glory to glory. And we spoke about this. Awake, aware, and responding from glory to glory. I'm going to continue to repeat that probably today. But as we introduce what is harvest, harvest, it may not seem like anything to you, but it means something to uh, specifically farmers. Harvest, harvest means something. Uh, we're non-farmers, city people, maybe one of you or two of you live in some sort of place that you're able to farm something, some sort of crop or whatever. But for the whole of the church, probably none of us in here are, are full-out farmers and, and and operate in the fashion that a, a farmer operates in. We're basically city people. And, but we've currently come out of this harvest season, though we don't experience it in Miami, unless maybe you go out to Chrome and stuff like that, you might see some Miami farmers. But if you took a vacation up north and all that, you got to see a little bit more of what farmers do and what farming is. But we came out of this harvest season, and it's a special time for farmers, harvest. Because... What a harvest is, is it's all the hard work that they've put in. It's now, it's now shown growth. It's shown a specific growth. And now it's time for the gathering of everything that has finally grown. You see, farming is not an easy job. I want to kind of um, use that and, and parallel it a little bit to, to our, our walk with the Lord. Our walk is not always necessarily an easy walk. Amen? It's not always a journey like... You know, no, sometimes there is what scripture says. There is tribulation. One of the verses that Nancy read was, was we rejoice with him or we celebrate with him or we're in thanksgiving with him. I forgot that phrase, but then it says, and we share in his suffering as well. So, so in, in, in farming, there's suffering. There's scorching of the sun. There's hot hours in the sun. There's, there's I'm working so much, but where's the growth in the work that I'm putting forth? And I feel like we could experience that and we could relate to that. Like, like I've put in a lot of work, you might feel. And man, I don't know, I kind of feel like nothing's happening in my life. And we could relate a lot to farmers and what it means. And it's all this hard work, but, but now the hard work begins to show growth. And now it's time to gather in the crops, etc. And this is basically a harvest. It's now time to harvest in everything that is growing. I'll give you a definition. The definition for harvest is this. It's the process or the period of gathering. The process or period of gathering. You should write that down if you're taking notes. The process or period of gathering. Because what we're going forward in is titled such. It's, it's harvest of a spiritual awakening. So now that you know the definition of harvest, of a spiritual awakening, harvest, it is the what? Give me the definition for harvest one more time. The spiritual awakening. So, so harvest means the process or the, this process of gathering the spiritual awakening. It's, it's, there is a spiritual awakening that is growing, but, but are we going to gather it together? Are we going to go ahead and cultivate that? Are we going to go ahead and grab all those things that God is trying to do in our lives? So, so there is this process of gathering. There is this harvest that I want to talk to you about. Gathering the crop from the fields. And it consists, when you, when you look at harvest, I want to make sure I mention this part. In the process of harvest, there's something called reaping as well, reaping. And reaping is the, what is known as the cutting part. It is the cutting of grain. And, and farmers use what is a sickle or a reaper to cut the grain as they harvest in the crops. And in this process of reaping, it's, it's important because this harvest and reaping, there's a cleansing that happens. There is a sorting that happens. You've ever had your room a mess or your house a mess and you walk in like, man, everything's a mess. And you're like, I just need to sort everything out. And when you sort everything out, your, your breathing gets better. Your attitude might change. You just feel like a different person. You're not dirty, but you feel cleaner. And, and there's this sorting that happens in the word harvest and reaping. There's a sorting and there is a cleaning and like this. There's a packing together that happens. And when you look at harvest and the reaping, it marks the end of what is a growing. 
season, the, the season of, of growing, the cycle of these, the growing cycle of these crops. And, and now here are farmers, and, and they're, they're grabbing all their crops. And you know what that means, right? We've worked hard for months, but now we can make money. We're happy. We've worked hard for months, but now we could do something with what's grown from the ground. We, we've done all of this, but, but now there's, I'm left with, with one focus. And, and at that place, every farmer is set on one thing and on one focus. And that is now what is called seasonal <clears throat> celebrations or what is called harvest festivals. I mean, in Miami, we see them and we fake it, you know. Oh, we're going to have a harvest fest. And it's very hard in Miami to have a real harvest fest. Right? You go to Idaho, you'll have a good, Nebraska, you'll have a good harvest fest. And I'm sure other states up there, Miami, are like, yeah, we're going to have a harvest fest. And we try our best. And we put hay that we bought from a feed store and we put it in our, but none of you got a hay field that, you guys know what I'm okay. And, and for the farmer, this, this harvest now is like, good. This is a festival now. This is a celebration. I love God's timetable in our church. Because I'm going to talk about a, a festival on the Sunday that we're actually celebrating a festival in our church. A 10-year mark. And yet God says on that Sunday, I want you to teach about the harvest and the festivities that comes within the harvest. The seasonal celebration. So what I want to do today as it's the, the groundwork maybe obviously for next week and so on and going forward maybe for the whole year. I want to kind of explain to you what God's done here in the last I would say at least two months. We'll, we'll go as far back as two months just so that we don't lose any of you. But I want to try to explain this and give you some thought and, and I'll go into some scripture in a moment. What's been happening here in our family and this is really just from my perspective. Because there's others that are here today that could share what God is doing from their perspectives. And yet when you put all of our thoughts together and what God is doing, you'll recognize this as you start having conversations. That God is actually painting a beautiful picture, a beautiful mural. And I'm so grateful that I'm part of the mural. I am not even the center of the mural at all. And neither are any of you. But we're just part of this beautiful picture that he is putting together that is showing a deeper place in Jesus. Amen? And we'll, we'll dialogue on this some more in, in, a, in a little while. I'm going to ask uh, Tito to come up and, and maybe share some things if, we, if the Spirit wants us to do that. But, but just so you could see from more than one person what happened in dreams and stuff like that. It's crazy. But I want to go back to October 15th. October 15th. I feel was special to our church for many reasons. But on October 15, I shared a word about being a prisoner of Christ. I shared that word, I don't even know how many years back, some seven years back or whatnot. But it meant something totally different on that Sunday than when I did seven years ago. It's so crazy how God's word does something new every time you can preach it. And in that message, I shared something. I shared this. To get the revelation that you're a seed. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you didn't do it on October 15, write that down. I am a seed. And we really are seeds. That's why our children are called seeds. There are seeds. And I could go into the whole Hebrew and all that. And, 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 and you, I think you could put one on one together how we're all seeds. And we all come from our, you know, it's from our father's seed. And, and we could look at that spiritually and say, I come from my father's seed. I have his DNA in me. But that will be a whole other preaching. But I shared this and I said, we are a seed. And if you get the revelation that you're a seed, I said this, when, when things come to bury you, they don't have the revelation that you have that you're a seed. I talked about a mountain just a minute ago. And I said, when mountains come, how many of you, and many of you raised your hands. And mount, some mountains you've actually felt, you didn't conquer, but they've actually conquered you. I didn't mention that part in worship. But you don't have to raise your hand. But if I were to ask somebody right now, let's go rewind to the worship part and say, how many of you have been faced with a mountain? How many of you feel like that mountain has conquered you? That would have been a whole other dynamic into worship from there. <laughs> but I didn't say that part. 
But, but the truth is, to some of us, like, man, you know, you mentioned the, a mountain earlier, but I feel like it's conquered me or it's conquering me. But when we get this understanding of seed, when, when this stuff buries us, when it, when it tries to destroy us, we know as believers that they've just made a mistake. They made a mistake by burying seed. Because, though we're maybe not farmers, but you've all had that little project maybe at one point when you were in school, no matter how old and how young you were. Your teacher wanted to teach you how plants grow. So they grabbed you a little plastic cup because I have one in my house. My son just did it. And he put the seed in the soil and he's watering it. And now the stuff's coming out. He's all excited. It's coming out. It's coming out. I love that when it comes out, he's more excited than when he was going in. But we'll get into that. But when you bury a seed, it being buried produces growth. And it comes, something comes out from the soil, from the ground. You heard me weeks ago talk about... Man, there was a cross, and we all said amen. But we can't leave that there was also a, a burial. There was also a grave. But what's beautiful about that is that he came out of it, and there's a resurrection. So every seed, if you're a seed in Christ, there is a soil. There is a burial. But I want you to know, biblically speaking, we also share in Christ an amazing resurrection. There is a growth that happens to the seed that is buried. For what's in, and, and you think about this, that for what's in me to come out, listen, may just need all of me to be buried and dead so that a great resurrection can finally occur. Maybe we haven't fully experienced a full resurrection because you haven't fully entered a full death. Do you guys need me to break that down a little bit more? You've died to certain things in your life, but you're still holding on to other things that God is telling you, put it in the ground and watch me make alive that which you need to kill today. I want to create, not me, God, right? He wants to create, I mean, I do too, but we, he wants to, he wants to birth out a spiritual awakening, but a spiritual awakening will come with your great death. Every single one of us, if we call ourselves believers, we have something in common. We've all died with Christ. Yes or no? But we also have this in common. But we've all been raised in him as well. We've all been caught up with him. So there is a burial that needs to, there is a dying that maybe needs to take place so that this resurrection can occur. So if you're a seed that does have life in you, the process of planting has to happen and the depth of the soil has to happen because we understand this as believers that life is on the other side of death. Physically on earth and eternally at home with Christ. Like, like there is a death that happens every day in me and there's life found on the other side of that. But I want you to know that the day that I'm no longer here before you physically there is also a life that is found on the other side of that. You know, you go from, from, from this life to, a, to an eternal glorious life. So in Christ, there's always a glory on the other side. In Christ, there's always a life that is greater than the death on the other side. So in order to see that greatest life in me possible, I first got to go through the depths of the soil. How many of you could say amen? I got to go to the death place. And the death place could be a very lonely place. And the death place could be a very cold place. But I promise you that in that lonely and in that cold and in that isolated place, God will speak a word right on time and a revelation deep inside your spirit that will rise you up to serve him and to love him in the way that he desires for you to do so. But there's got to be that place. Whatever, I share some of that on October 15. And that was a special Sunday, I believe that. That was a special moment. And then we came three days later to our midweek service on October 18. And something special happened here. Where, as I wrote it down in my notes, the Lord rested over us. I like to use that phrase because I feel like the Lord is comfortable with moving in our midst. And I want him to feel more comfortable in moving in our midst. You know what I mean? He's as gentle as a dove kind of stuff. And anything that we try to, the dove flies away and says, ah, I was going to move, but 
you stuck some stuff in the way of, so in a way I want him to feel free to say, you could walk amongst this gathering and we're not going <laughs> to blow you away. I don't know, I just feel like saying that. <laughs> but that we would grow in that. So he rested on us on that midweek and I shared something that the Lord was showing me and, and, I, and this is very important for next week. What I'm about to tell you right now is so important for next week that maybe I'll have to repeat it again. But he showed me a field. And if you were here for that Wednesday, you remembered it, that, that, that vision. And there was a, a big field, and it was a barren, a barren field. And out of the ground, I, I remember that as I saw the field as I was in worship and just f- fixed on the Lord, I remember that in my mind as I was seeing this field, there was something inside the thought of all of it. It was very weird that I said this to myself. I said, this field looks like there should be something here. And that's why I say it's a barren field. I feel like there needs to be trees here. This is awkward that there's no trees in this field. I mean, you could go to a field and it's some sort of like plateau and like whatever. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, no trees are supposed to be here. But this one felt like, no, it's missing something. It's missing trees. And as we started to go on in worship, uh, I, the Lord showed me little by little a sprouting that took place. And, and trees began to grow. And I, and I shared that on Wednesday on the 18th of midweek with, and I completely forgot about what happened on Sunday saying we're all a seed that needs to be buried. Something's going to come out of us. I forgot totally about that until someone from church was here, Lisette or something like that. And she, and she came up to me and she said, what you said today, it was just like what you shared on Sunday. And I said, oh my God, yeah, it was. So I started to recognize right there like, oh my goodness, God is definitely speaking to us here. And then my mom was here that Sunday and she never really comes to our church. She's very involved in her church. And she says something to me. She says, can I share something? I said, yeah. How can I say no to my mom, right? I said, yeah, mom, I got to say something. And she comes up here and she goes on to say this. This is so important going into the message eventually. It says, she says she saw a crowd. And it was a massive crowd. And she, it was, they were, we were standing. It was people standing before a door. And the door was beautiful. But the door was shut. But it was a big, beautiful door. I wrote it down after we left the service. I didn't want to forget this. And the door was when you're in front of it, this big, beautiful door, you, could, you recognize that it was meant to be open. But it was shut. But the Lord was showing that he was going to open. He wanted to and he was going to open the door. There was a reason why he hadn't opened it yet. But nonetheless, it was going to open one day. I almost feel like that's right now where we're at. I feel like all of us in here are in front of a door and we love the way it looks. But get ready for when that door opens. Because on the other side of that door... There is a deeper glory that will rock your life that you thought the door wowed you. You don't know about the content that's behind the door, which is the glory of God. But whatever, we'll get into that in the weeks as we get into this stuff deeper. But she saw a door. Let me keep reading what my mom spoke into our church. She says that he wanted, he was going to, and he wanted to open it. Listen to what she says. And on the other side, there was the presence of God like it was amongst the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle, she said. It was like the Holy of Holies, she said. And she said, the Lord showed me that this was you guys. He wants to open the door. And then she said this, enter his glory. She has no knowledge of what the Lord has been speaking to our church. I haven't spoken to my mom not once about what God is speaking and doing here. I promise you, I'm not lying. And she has no idea, and I had no idea either what's happening. I'm like, what is happening here? She then stands next to me in the middle of worship on that midweek and listen to what my mom confesses. Listen to what she begins, not confesses, declare. She says this, thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this place. Man, I really wish you guys understood all this stuff. I mean, you will. But I'm standing here, right here, right here. And she's standing right there like where Jenny's at. And I hear her. She says, thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do in this place. And what did I do? I went, what is she on? What is she listening to? What is she saying? It was almost like God brought her here to confirm Sunday, confirm the vision of Wednesday, and now watch what else I'm going to speak to you. So then that following Sunday, this is crazy. We come here, and the date is now October 22nd. Do you remember October 22nd in our church? Shame on you guys. No one here remembers October 22nd. 
Well, I'm going to remind you, if you don't mind, of October uh, 22nd. And um, maybe you were here and maybe you weren't. I got to be careful. Give me a second. Hmm. Let, let me remind you. Guests are like, what's happening? Well, what's so special about it? I mean, it's just worship. We just had that. But the 22nd was special because something erupted here. And the whole church led worship. And the worship team had to be quiet. And something happened within our gathering. And we didn't even give a step-by-step -step message that was planned. We just sat in that worship service for almost three hours. And it felt like it was 10 minutes. It was glorious. Something happened to everyone that was here that day, and something I, I feel like it popped. And I say the word popped on purpose because I said, how funny was this that about a year ago we played around with an acronym called POP, which was Preparation, Offering, and Presence. And then on that 22nd, I believe something struck us, and we worshipped, I believe, as a church in a fashion where we have now worshipped for many years, if anything, or ever before, for about three hours. And then out of nowhere, I wish I could, make all, I could, I wish I could tell you I planned all of this stuff early January for it to happen like that. Then out of nowhere, we began to have a, 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 a fast that God put in our hearts. We're going to have a fast. And it was like, okay, I guess. And we fasted from November 1st to the 5th, and we had special services Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at the height of what is known as, as harvest, at the height of a harvest. And we had these special meetings. And I believe that, that through that and even through what we're going through now, through a physical, listen, through a physical season of harvest, I believe that the Lord is granting us entrance into a spiritual lifestyle of harvest. And that's what I'm believing coming. Happy 10 years. But wait, what does that mean? I believe that the Lord, when we say happy 10 years, he says happy entrance to a spiritual lifestyle of harvest in your life. That's what happy 10 years is. And that's what I believe he's saying. I spoke all of these words to you through a physical season of harvest right on time. Because sometimes I work the spiritual things within your physical. Because sometimes if I don't work it with the physical things that you have knowledge of, you'll never fully understand the spiritual things that I'm trying to reveal to you. So I'm going to relate spiritually what you're occurring in your life physically. You know how you're going through a harvest in November? Well, that physical harvest is going to be an entrance to the spiritual realm of a a greater spiritual harvest in your life happy 10 years now enter into the prophecies that I've spoken over this church into the deeper presence that I've I don't know this is stuff that that has been happening here that this family and here's my heart now that this family and, and everyone say family. family yeah and this is a family this is meant to be a family this is not meant to be a religious institution Religion gets you in and gets you out and doesn't care anything about you. But this is family. And we'll talk and we'll fight. Come on, you fight with your family and we'll make up. That's family. And we get deeper. We get deeper. We get deeper because if you fought and you made up, then you're worth going deeper with me. You see, I didn't divorce my wife after our first fight because there was a makeup. And sometimes the makeups are good. Okay, but there is a makeup. <laughs> okay, there is a, because the makeups are good with God. But you know, but okay, so there's a fight and there's a makeup, but then there's a growth. And, and we still haven't figured it out to live a life without fighting, without disagreements. I mean, if you have, we would love to be counseled under you. But, but there's, a, there's a constant. Any relationship, there is a constant because it's your heart and their heart. 
and it's your heart and his heart, and you're trying to be like David, I want to be a man after a woman after God's own heart, but sometimes that wicked part of your heart kind of shows up, and God's like, yeah, that's not really a heart after my heart. So there's a family, and this is what a family is, and that's the beauty behind this. Those that leave because, because a little disagreement, they were never family. But those that stay because you did hurt me, but I love you, so I'm going to keep on serving. That's Amen, that's family. That's good. That's family. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I feel like saying this. And I feel like staying with you guys to continue to go to battle than to chase them when they did not feel worthy of staying in battle with us. So I'm gonna, we're going to, we're family. And in this family that's entering what is called a harvest of spiritual awakening, I believe this, that it's a family that doesn't go through a season of experiencing what we're calling here the fire of God, but rather that now we enter into a forever lifestyle of embracing the fire of God. What I mean by that is, is this, oh man, I wish I could experience God like I did when I first got saved. We've all said that probably at some point of our life, until we start to mature and recognize, wait a minute, I could experience greater things from God that are way and will keep me shooken in his presence that are so much more glorious than when I first got saved. So what does that mean? I don't want to use the word seasons anymore in this church in the sense of like, we are in a season of the glory. No, I want to say no, we are in a lifestyle of the presence of God. Because what happens if I start to preach season to you, you think that now you have an excuse to say, well, I'm not doing good, so I think I'm just going to leave the Lord. No, that's not what Christianity following God is. It is, it is, it is. I live a lifestyle of serving my God and, and, and his fire is just burning inside of me. Because if you do seasons, you burn. If you do seasons, you quit. If you do seasons, you won't last. If you do seasons, you'll leave this family. But if you make it a lifestyle, we're going to walk into glory together. We're going to make it to that place. Because we're learning that Jesus wants us to go deep. It's a lifestyle embracing the fire of God. That, that out of our mouths, we won't say this. Because man, am I guilty? And some of you are like, well, you're guilty of that. How can you preach that right now? Accept my confession today. Accept me asking you for forgiveness today. Because I've said this. So here it is, that out of our mouths, we won't say, do you remember the revivals of yesterday? Because I'm tired of mentioning 2010's revival in this church. How many of you have heard me talk about 2010's revival? You're allowed to raise your hand for this. Make me feel bad. I don't care. I'm not going to feel bad. But you've heard me share about what happened here in 2010. But God is probably in like, and why do you continue to sit on that? That out of our mouths... What comes out of us now is, is not that, but, but now that through our lives, there will never be an end in the revival for each new day in our lives. And it's perfect, and, and I'm telling you, this is all perfectly planned by God and all perfectly set by the Lord. And the Lord is speaking, and his breath, I believe, is over this house. I believe his word is over this house. I believe his presence is here. And I'm going to be very honest with you as pastor of this place. I'm scared to shut it, and I'm scared to close it, and I'm scared to say, God, I really don't want you to say that, but I have a great idea on what I want to say. That would have been a good part to say amen, because I don't want to go to a church that I'm hearing what he necessarily wants to say, but I want to hear necessarily what God is saying, and Lord, I want that in my life. So I want him to do what he wants to do, even if it's opposite of anything that you've ever known. How about right now I just say, let's stop. Worship team, get back up there. And let's worship again. But that's not how we do service. I know what God just said to do it. That's crazy stuff. Let's, let's, just, let's just do it. There could be many more examples of that, but I believe this, that there's a harvest over this house. And it's not how to plan, because I was going to do this, but it's not how to plan to bring in more people into a place, but to harvest and gather the presence of God in this place. It's a lifestyle that gathers in an awakening 
of the spiritual man. This is our declaration that we are in a, and you should write this somewhere. And it, I think it'll be a good tattoo if you're into that stuff, but watch this. <laughs> this is our declaration. We are in a harvest of a spiritual awakening. That's our declaration. So, so I'm, giving you, I'm giving you the answer. When someone says, how's church doing, brother? We're in a harvest of a spiritual awakening. Freak them out. You might not even understand what that means yet, but speaking it, keep speaking it. It's going to come to pass. You know, it's, it's like that prophecy where teachers learn that you continue to speak things until the person starts to believe it. So I'm, I, I will continue to speak. We are in a harvest of spiritual awakening until we start to gather and 100% of the church starts to believe it and walk in it. How's church? Our church is doing great. How are the numbers? We're in a harvest of spiritual awakening. How's the tithing collection? We're in the harvest of a spiritual awakening. How's the church membership? We are in a harvest of a spiritual awakening. How many people are, we are in the harvest of a spiritual awakening. How are your numbers compared to last year, to this dynamics, the dynamics of the, of the wealth of the economy? No, no, no. We are in the, you see, we don't function in the way that the world does. If the world is going down, that doesn't mean that the church is going down too. We are in a harvest of a spiritual, what's the answer? We're in a harvest of a spiritual, what's your declaration? We're in a harvest of a spiritual awakening. Happy 10 years. There's a harvest of a spiritual awakening. And I almost feel this right here, that this is going to take a certain path. And in this path of a spiritual spiritual awakening of a harvest I believe that it's going to get to a place where you're going to see something in us where it automatically without being planned or forced it's going to turn into an automatic celebration it's going to turn into an automatic festival and the reason why it's going to turn into an automatic celebration and festival is because we're gathering such a glory and such a presence and such an anointing from God that when we get together we can't but weep and cry and dance and smile and love and stay together not for two hours but it might multiply for four hours and six hours and say tomorrow come back again and we'll be here for another hour and two hours and we won't be able to have enough of what God wants to do in our midst I'm telling you that when we get to that place your life when we gather is going to start flowing in a gratitude and in a thanksgiving that how are you doing I have no idea what's happening but I come before the Lord and I feel like he's hearing me now I come before the Lord and I feel like I smell him now I come before the Lord I feel like I taste his glory now I don't know what it is but everything about me has changed the way I thought has changed the way I even dress have changed the way I do life has changed the way I father the way I husband has changed the way I preach has changed the way I sing has changed the way I serve has changed everything about me has changed and what do you think it was that changed you it was nothing else but entering into a harvest of a spiritual awakening and I received the lifestyle of the fire of God in me and when I received and I entered into this lifestyle everything in me began to transform and now I have found the place where I am truly my most joyous and I don't ever want to go back to my life again <laughs> because who really wants to go back to that life that at the end of the day continues to make you feel empty but you want to go back to, a, to the lifestyle that says I'm forever full here what happened to you a harvest of a spiritual awakening in me in me this is not going to start in the church it's going to start in you and then it begins to erupt within our church when it happens solely in every single one of us and we see that um acts is a great example of that in acts chapter 2 on the day of pentecost but but i feel that that we're going to celebrate because of everything that's being gathered harvest gathered and we're finally coming to a place where we host the presence of God. That the harvest is, is coming in. And what we're gathering is not of ourselves. And it's not of our doings. And it's not of our planning. But it's of his glory. And that this family, that this house would attract people. Listen, not because of our talents or because of our gifts or because of our creativity. Or because of our worship style. Because of our preaching style. But because of the glory of God that lives in us. There might be a day where you're not going to preach. Where you're not going to sing. Where you're not going to. And it's just, hey, just sit in the glory of God. That this would be a house where it's really not about, well, if the pastor goes on vacation, I'm not going to go to church that Sunday. No, I'm going to go to church whether the pastor, whether the singer, whether there's people there, there's not people there. Because I'm going to come before the glory of the Lord. I'm in love with that place. That's good. I feel like that's, that's right. And that's where we're at. That this family would attract people not because we're 
I'm not going to say it. That the spiritual man becomes alive. I, I, and I, I went into um, the dry bones during 9.30, but that the spiritual man becomes alive because of the weariness of being dormant. Man. Do you know that I know what it's like to pastor and yet live dormant? Do you know for, a, for, for there, there has been, I'm going to use the word seasons. There has been seasons in my life where I've pastored in a place of dormancy. But God's grace has been good. But I don't want to make excuses for that anymore. I want the weariness of being dormant to be no more. And that now, when we operate, when we do life that everything in me, the spiritual man now becomes alive in every aspect of my being. How many of you want that on this 10th year celebration going forward to the day we meet him in glory? I do. I do. You've heard me say this and I'll continue to say, when I say, when I talk about these things like becoming alive, the spiritual man, it's that our conscience, that we are presence conscience. Our mind is on presence. Our mind is on presence. Our mind is on presence rather than my need. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to roll with this for a moment because I, I've rolled in my need before and I said, what a shame that, that you know what I just went through when my wife is this or my kid just went through this and yet you didn't call me and I'm offended now. But now it's not even about my need. It's have I even taken this heart before the presence of God? Because who really cares? At the end of the day, we know there's love. At the end of the day, have we taken everything in our lives to the presence of God? Have we taken everything in our marriage, everything in our families, everything at our workplace, have we taken it all into that place of his word, like we shared last week, and of his presence? And there where our need is on presence. When you take your, when you take your mind off presence and on your own need, then, then what happens is everything and anything and everyone bothers the heck of you because no one will ever be able to fully meet every single one of your needs. So you're always going to live stressed out, but I have an answer. Get into the presence of God and take everything into his presence and now everything in you becomes alive. That inner man does not get spoiled with the bitterness of heart, but the inner man becomes alive with the grace and the love of God's heart over yours. I feel that. And I said this last week. That we are dynamic, not because of what we offer, but because of what we host. I want to host that in my life. This is all introduction to next week. And we don't want, and man, I, I'm so, I, I almost, look how excited I am to preach on Leviticus 26, which is weird because I've never been excited to preach on Leviticus. But I'm, I'm so excited to preach on Leviticus. Even the name Leviticus doesn't sound exciting, but that I almost went backwards. I almost preached the Leviticus message today and then gave you the introduction next week. But then I said, no, because I'm going to confuse everyone. So I'll just go with it, Lord. But I'm excited to preach on Leviticus 26 next Sunday. But as we speak about this, about what I offer, Lord, is what I, wanna, what I host, which is your presence. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a Christian that is satisfied with just faith. But I want to be a, a son, a Christian with faith living in deeper glory. What I mean by that is like, hey, are you a Yeah, I'm a Christian. You go to church? Yeah. And we live this Christian life, but yet we're not really being taken to a place of deeper transformation. I feel like I'm saying a lot of things, but we'll repeat them as the weeks go. Finding our seat at the feet of Jesus. How many of you are getting that part? Finding our seat at the feet of Jesus. So welcome to the harvest that doesn't end November, but it becomes a lifestyle for us on earth until we gather home. It's the only thing which is the one thing that will never be taken away. Remember Isaiah? Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. Where's the house that will be built for me? Where's the place of my rest? Earth is my footstool. The place of rest. Pass the distractions and find the place called the joy at his feet. Pass that stuff and get to the harvest of a spiritual awakening. From glory to glory. A spiritual awakening in my inner man. And I'm almost done. Here it is. Just in case you weren't here yet. 
a year ago, when we started 2017, oh, man, I got so excited that I had to write all this down. In 2017, if you were here, if you were here, just, just um, interact with me for a moment. We entered a series, and we called it Shift. How many of you remember that? <laughs> and we spoke about three things. Ready? A shift in his anointing, a shift in the atmosphere, and a shift in your attitude. Shift. Everyone say shift. shift. A shift in his anointing, atmosphere, and attitude. Almost a year later, we are experiencing just this. Oh, you preached this. You should not have preached it. <laughs> you preached shift, and you're finally walking into it now. A shift in anointing, atmosphere, and attitude. But, but maybe we left one out. And today, I want to release the one that maybe he, we weren't ready to hear in 2017 January, but now we're finishing the year and we're ready to hear the fourth one. There's a shift in the anointing. There's a shift in our atmosphere. There's a shift in our attitude. But the Lord, I feel like he's telling us this now. Enjoy the fourth one now, which is a shift in your altitude. <laughs> that now you're, now you're getting to the place of where I dwell in glory. Now you're walking to the place of where I sit at. Now you're walking to the place that, that I'm saying I'm near. And now you're coming near. And I'm going to meet you in a glorious place. Uh, I got the anointing. I got the atmosphere. And I got the attitude. But maybe in January we weren't ready to say, but now let me shift you in your depth with the Lord. And today he says, I'm going to take you to a depth. So enjoy the fourth part, which is a shift in your altitude. Get deeper. Get higher. Because Ephesians says we sit in heavenly high places with Jesus our Lord. But do we really sit in heavenly high places? Take your seat in the shift of altitude. We'll get into that in the weeks to come. So because as we enter year 10, God is moving us to this great spiritual awakening. And the spiritual awakening of the weary and dormant inner man is, is not necessarily... God coming to us, oh, I'm, I'm going to repeat it, but, or his presence falling on us. But what I'm feeling, it's more about learning the, the discipline of being awakened to a lifestyle that we're going to God. Because he's already come to us. Spiritual awakening of the weary and dormant inner man is not necessarily God coming to us. I say not necessarily because for everyone it's different. Not necessarily God coming to us. Or his presence falling on us. But what I'm feeling is that it's more about learning the discipline or being to the place of awakened to a lifestyle that we're going to God. That we're finding him at a greater place. Because God's already found us at the cross. So not just a shift in our atmosphere, anointing and attitude. But there's a harvest of a great spiritual awakening found in the shift in our altitude. And Lord, I, I know you've come to me. But it's learning to be at the place where I come to you. Making that my seat. How about if the way we promote our church is no longer come, come to the place where God meets you. But come to the place where you meet God. That, that takes a whole different turn on our teaching now. Like the rich young ruler never walking around sorrowful or dissatisfied. I don't want to live that life because I placed my possessions of greater value than his presence. I want his presence to have greater value than all possession in my life. How many of you could say amen? I'm going to ask Tito just to get comfortable, I guess, and, and get ready for a moment. And we're going to end. And as we get ready to end, I want to share something to you that God shared with me in, in, in worship. And it's Romans 13. And, uh, and I'm going to read real quick before he explains to you what happened to him. And I think Ali's going to come up too, if I'm not mistaken. Listen to this. Romans 13, 11 through 14 says this. It says, this is all the more urgent for you to, for you now, for you. Wow, my, my reading. Romans 13, 11. Wow. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is near now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So I love this because I believe in, in preaching sin. 
So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes or dirty rags and put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day and we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or, or in immoral living or in quarreling and in jealousy. Hmm. That's impossible when, when you're living in need, but it's possible when you're living in presence. You with me? If you're living in need, you'll, you'll have sex outside of marriage. You'll get jealous with, to everyone. You'll fight with everyone. I mean, when you're living in need, you're going to want to fill every single need that you feel you have. But when you live in presence, he's going to fill every need that you feel you Don't live in those things. This, I wish I could tell you. I mean, no, I don't wish. I'm actually glad to say that this is not me. This is, I'm taking it back to the Lord. The Lord says this. This is his word. So don't live in immoral living or in quarreling or in jealousy. But look, now, here it is. Put on the spirit. Get into the spiritual stuff. Get into his presence. What does the presence sound like? Verse 14. Instead, you clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord, Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Presence rather than need. Happy 10 years and to a greater amount of years in presence rather than functioning as a family of meet my need, 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 meet my need. Meet his presence and he meets your needs. How many of you could really say amen to that? I don't even know what else to tell you. I'm going to save the rest of it for next Sunday. Uh, but Tito, share a little bit of what happened and, and how that works. Okay, so um, if you guys remember what Rigo was sharing, um, that his, his mother was, uh, had a vision. She was talking about people standing behind a door. Well, I didn't, had no idea about that. So a couple, I don't know, maybe a month ago, a couple weeks ago, I'm not sure. Um, I know Ali shared a verse in uh, Psalms 87, and um, God gave me a dream right after that, and it was what now I know was a kind of a continuation of all the visions and all the words that had been shared. Um, so basically, we, uh, we were walking, in, and just like his mother was saying, there was a ton of people, and I was seeing not just people, everybody from this church, but people from our other churches, just tons of people and we were just walking through it was like a desert and it's funny because his mother was saying that there was the land was barren or he was talking about barrenness in the land it was like a desert and it was just damp there was just a little water and then we were walking on it like looking for something and finally we got to a door <laughs> and every and then behind that door I was on the other side of the door and then the door was opened and nobody can see. So imagine you're in an open field and you're looking at a door. So you, you think you can see, all you see is a door, but it's, the rest is just a field. So behind that door, it's all barren, just like when we were walking. But when we, they opened the door, I wasn't a, this doesn't mean anything, but I was in a tub of water <laughs> playing, playing the guitar and everybody started walking. <laughs> yeah, right? And then, I was on the other side of the door, and then it was like another dimension. So what happens is when you go through that door, what you would see is no barrenness. It was actually an open land, an open field, fruitful, full of just grass. It was, it was green. It was beautiful. So you wouldn't see that outside the door. When the door opened, you would see like another dimension, and you would be in this whole thing land. And as everybody was walking, then there were three wells of water, and everybody was dunking into the deep, it was deep, deep wells of water, and everybody would jump into the wells all the way down, and they would come back up, and everybody was like, one after another, come out, and then there was three pillars of fire, and then those three pillars of fire, people would walk through the fire, and something that Regal said was, at that moment, he said, um, we, we will worship in this place. And I do believe that this is a symbol or a vision of where God is taking us. Um, I think behind that door is what God is harvesting in this place, the spiritual, the harvest of spiritual awakening in this place. So he gave me this song um, based on all that stuff. And um, as you hear it, 
um, and everything you've heard, I just, you know, even if you don't know the words, of course you don't know the words, but you can close your eyes and, and let, let's uh, just start making this our song to the God, to God, a song of, 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 our, of our hearts being given up to him, that he can start doing that or, or start creating that awakening in our hearts, that harvest of awakening in our hearts. And it says, I'll sing it to you guys. And I just want you guys to, actually, I do have it up. We do have the song because I gave it one time. Anyways, um, as we sing it, just uh, close your eyes and just worship God and we can learn this song and just give him, give him thanks. As they make music, they will sing. All my fountains are in you. You declare us born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing. All my fountains are in you. You declare us born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing. All my fountains are in you. You declare us born in Zion. Oh, yes. As they make music, they will sing. Oh, my fountains are in you. You declare us born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing. Oh, my fountains are in you. You declare us born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing. Oh, my fountains are in you. Declare us born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing. All my fountains are in you. You declare us born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing. All my fountains are in you. You declare us born in Zion. Lord, we cry out, rising waters, fall asunder, ignite a fire. We will worship in this place, rising waters, fall asunder, ignite a fire. So magnified. 
faz your name Let our first fruits bring you glory Let our hearts be filled with praise From the harvest, from the harvest of your goodness Oh, also magnifies your name Let our first fruits bring you glory Let our hearts be filled with praise Born in Zion. 